What's up, everybody? Just wanted to give you a quick intro. Uh, we didn't do one in the episode. Uh, felt dumb as hell editing this video and finding that out. Uh, today, this interview is with Patrick Cutler and Don Bromley. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, the director and close friend. Um, Jesus. Patrick is the director and Don is very closely involved with Patrick in this movie, Redgate. Uh, it's about a place in called Deer Lodge, Montana. That's uh, There's tons of ufo and alien sightings and just strange shit that goes on that they talk about in the episode uh it's very interesting and we hope you enjoy uh sorry that i had to do this catch you guys next week peace out what's up crew how you doing i know you're good doing. i'm on it i'm in it to win it bud yeah that's what we like to hear that's it that's it Set up. Oh, you must be the boss. You're wearing red. Boss, me right here. That's the boss. Right. Shit. All right, Katie. Here we go. All right. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta pull these under here. Not even prepared. All right. All right. Check one two. Use that mic. You don't have you can pull it off the mic stand too if you need to. All right. We are in it to win it now. All right. Bingo. Bingo. I am Nick. This is my co-host Brendan and my sister who really loves horror movies. So I brought her along as well. Katie. Hi. Awesome. Nice to meet you guys. Nice to meet you as well. So uh, thanks for having me on the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Not a boy. Not a boy, Pat. I've been looking forward to this for a long time, so uh, I'm very <laughs> excited. Um, so why don't you guys just start off by introducing yourselves and uh, a little bit about what you guys do. Pat, right, you're way cooler you. than me, so you go first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name's Pat Cutler. Uh, I do, uh, I'm a filmmaker, done a lot of films over the years, um, and I've basically been working on this full-length feature horror film called Redgate for the better part of like the last couple of years. Kind of really peaked up when COVID hit because I kind of got um, lost out of a job and everything else, and this kind of just fell in my lap. I was like, hell, this is a perfect time with nothing going on to go after a horror film. So um, basically, yeah, I, I've been working on this for, it's about uh, two years, a little over two years, and it, it went from kind of like a fictional film to now it's just a really like a true story film that's like 90% true with all kinds of crazy stories, and one of those stories is, is Don's camera, trail cam, that caught this alien image on it. Oh, yeah, I'm Don Bromley. Uh, I met Pat when I was a wee lad. We did some films together. Life kind of took us separate ways. And uh, I heard about Pat making this Redgate film. And it just so happened that I caught a photographic anomaly on my trail camera. And we kind of combined forces. And uh, it's changed our life ever since. So I remember uh, first watching the Redgate trailer, and I think we're going to end up playing that as well at some point during the cool. uh, interview at some point, if that's okay. But um, it actually really piqued my interest, and that's when I reached out to, reached out to Patrick. Excuse me. And uh, so how did you first get started in the film industry, and um, especially on this movie Redgate, what inspired you to make that? Um. When I was a kid, um, my parents had a VHS camera and they were recording us as kids and I picked one up because they wanted us to uh, record them. So I picked up this VHS camera, I was like five or six years old and I just really just enjoyed the hell out of making like little short films and stuff. And I just made short films throughout my entire childhood and amped it up more and more until I got to college and I started doing full like feature films in college uh, going that road. And um, basically... I was living in Alaska, and uh, one of the ideas that I was kind of going through a transition in my life, and one of the ideas I wanted to do is get back into full-length feature filmmaking, and um, I had had this idea to do a horror film, because me and my brother Kelly um, run a production company. We had done a horror film years ago, and it just completely failed, and it was a disaster. So I think we, we always wanted to go back, you know, and try a horror film again, because we normally did comedies and things of that nature. So... What inspired me for Redgate was Redgate is this folklore, uh, mythical tale that we heard as kids around a campfire. And um, the, just to describe Deer Lodge, Montana for you, it's uh, a, a pretty big valley with huge mountains on both sides of it. And 
back in the day, there used to be these mining communities up in these mountains, and they would make up the bulk of the population of Duraj until they eventually closed those down and they all moved into the valley. But uh, in one of these mining locations, there's this place called Emory, and um, down the road from Emory, there was a, a school boarding house, a bunch of little cabins, just a small little mining community, and this guy had this homestead there. And basically one day this guy comes home from work to his homestead, takes his, uh, an axe and chops up his wife and kids. And the next morning uh, they see the guy outside his house painting his gate red with their blood. And, and that, no. yeah, and that's where the, the tail of red gate was originally came from. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's an incredibly <laughs> brutal uh, way to get a movie title, but it does make sense. And um, <laughs> so being from Deer Lodge, um, besides all the aliens and UFOs and stuff, what kind of town is that like? Uh, it's it's kind of like your typical, like, if, I don't know if, you, if, if anybody out there is listening, has, has been to, uh, uh, like, Montana. It's like a, a typical western Montana, super rural, uh, population's about 3,000 in town and yeah. around 5,000 for the total area or whatever, something like that. A lot of ranching communities and, and, and uh, uh things of that nature. Like, how would you kind of describe it, Don? Yeah, that's about right. It's a, it's a big agriculture, cattle business, valley, town. Um, pretty small rural, a couple gas stations, a few grocery stores. Pretty small. Honestly, it's like a, a, a town out of like a Stephen King book, to be honest with okay. you, now that all it, this stuff's going on. But It feels like uh, Derry, Maine out of uh, the Stephen King's book. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it kind of feels like it. But it also yep. has, uh, beyond Redgate, it has a lot of creepy things to it. Um, this is the site of the Montana State Prison. And the prison used to be in town. There's all kinds of paranormal activity there from different riots and murders and everything that happened in the prison. Now the prison's out of town, but um, yeah, it kind of has that eerie vibe to it. Sound, sounds like a perfect place to uh, base your horror movie off of. Bingo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think a lot, yeah. of, a lot of space for a whole bunch of creepy shit to happen. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that's kind of the backbone of Redgate when I started working on it. It wasn't just going to be about the one story. It kind of branched off into another story, and then it went to another story. And then before I know it, I have like all these different stories that are incorporated in the film. Mm. So um, I'm, I think we'll play the trailer right after this question I have for Don. Um, is this uh, – viral picture that you have of the alien sighting was that taken in deer lodge and how did that uh come to be uh the picture is actually from the Redgate area the actual mountain range where where the the folklore story comes from uh five six years ago there was a guy that uh, killed his whole family uh, and then himself in the same area uh there's just it's a, it's a focus of a lot of, of paranormal high strange stories and my picture is kind of the epicenter of it. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's it's there's a lot involved in that picture to make it uh, what it is today, for sure. A creepy photo in a creepy area. Bingo. <laughs> yeah. So this is probably a dumb question, but it was taken on a trail cam. So I assume you were probably just looking for some sort of animal hunting wise, and you just happened to catch it. Yeah, I. Uh, I have over a hundred trail cameras. It's kind of my thing. I was a guide for 10 years. So it's a scouting tool I've used where this actual camera was in this draw ravine Valley, whatever you want to look at it. It's on public land, but the only access to get there is through this big private ranch that I used to work for. I still have about a dozen cameras up there, but uh, to actually get there via the public is it's not impossible, but it's probably three, four mile hike with a, a thousand foot elevation drop and uh, it's just it's out of place for a person to be walking through there and that's kind of what what sparked everything with well i could get a trespasser down here but not up there and that's kind of what led to all this other notoriety i've got from it well that just adds on to the uh, whole factor of the you know the horror because you said you got over like a hundred of those cameras i'm assuming not just in the redgate area probably spread around that whole Right valley, right. And so mm -hmm. on. but there was at the time when I caught the picture, which was four years ago. Um, I had oh, probably 30 on that mountain, and okay. uh, I checked all the cameras, it was almost a circle around that camera, and they didn't have anything on the camera. Mm -hmm. And then to, to feed into this a little bit deeper, when I checked the camera after two months, it was dead, 
And the last image it took was it was set to take three pictures per trigger since it's motion triggered. Mm -hmm. Um, That was the last three pictures that camera took. I replaced the batteries in it and every setting you go on now, it's just an air code. The camera still has not worked from that since that day. Wow. That's really fucking creepy. (laughs) You're telling me. You're telling me. So. And uh, yeah, I'll just say uh, just a quick thing. The interesting thing for me is like, it started out, this thing started out as like a fictional type film with it, based on this mythical folklore of Redgate. Mm-hmm. But it's become so factual that now I've, Don's even told me that the Redgate homestead actually really exists in real life. <laughs> <laughs> it's a place. And I have, I have some horror stories from the actual homestead from me having this picture is like the gateway for people to approach me with their paranormal stories. And uh, shortly after, I think it was hist- when I was on the, the Proof is Out There on History Channel. I was approached by a few people that had connections to the original homestead. And wow. I mean, that, I'll, I'll share those stories later with you guys, but it's, it's creepy. Yeah. We would, I would absolutely love to hear that. I'm sure Katie yeah, being a horror yeah. fan, she would absolutely love to hear that. <laughs> Perfect. So I'm going to ch- attempt to share my screen and then um, hopefully I can have you guys walk us through the trailer afterwards. All right. Is it working? Hell yeah. All right, here we go. Oh, Pat, I love this trailer, buddy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Good job on it, man. <laughs> I like that draw at the end, Pat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of I like that. You're wondering there. I like it. Ooh, I had some full body goosebumps. Oh, <laughs> boom, boom. Oh, let's see if I can get back into it now. All right, there we go. So one thing that stuck out to me right away and uh, I would love to hear more about is right at the beginning, it says four people disappeared during the making of the the movie. Could you walk us through uh, how that happened or, you know, allegedly happened or anything like that? Uh, Yeah, so Redgate is is like Don was kind of talking about there. It's a really bizarre area where people kind of go missing like quite often. Mm -hmm. Um. So, I mean, that's that's kind of when it comes to this one, that's probably like a little bit of, of the narrative part is like it's based on um, these people that went missing in things of that nature. So it's 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 pretty true, but it's it's, it's really strange. Like if people will go hiking up there and, and things and they'll just kind of wander off and they won't be seen for days and then they'll, they'll be found, their body will be found like in the middle of nowhere, like days later, just kind of mutilated and everything. Um, uh, it kind of goes along with uh, cattle mutilation too in the, in the area. You guys are familiar with cattle mutilation? I mean, uh, no. No, not really. Interesting. All right, so when I was in my young 20s working the ranch hand role, I, uh, one of my jobs was to check the cows that were calving, saddle up the horse, the whole what you expect, like the, the cowboy persona. But I'm not a cowboy, so let's make that clear. <laughs> uh, I ride this field, and there's this cow laying right in the middle of it. And I can tell it's dead. There's birds around it. And uh, it wasn't there the day before. Mm-hmm. When I ride up to it, it just looks weird right off the bat, jump off my horse, and there's a perfect, like, four-inch circle in the side of this cow, like, surgical, perfectly, and there was no organs or blood inside this cow. It was just hide and bones, oh my God. which would be, your, it's pretty atypical for a cattle mutilation, which is actually a pretty common occurrence. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, yeah they, they've had these for, like, 
many years, like decades, hundreds of years, yeah, yeah. hundreds of years happen, and they're just really unexplainable. Yep, that's that's strange because I mean, you can only like cattle are so big, and to be able to, you know, without anyone noticing, be able to, you know, cut that hole and for some odd reason decide to take out all of its organs and then place it there, it's uh. It's hard to wrap your head around. It's hard to, you know, under, or try to think of an avenue in which that what would is the it. outcome. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. There's a, I, you can go, I'm sorry. I'm right Honestly, you can go online, uh, Wikipedia, and search cattle mutilations. And there's like a whole Wikipedia page, like dedicated to kind of describe it. It's, it's very bizarre. Yep. Yeah. The idea of, of a four inch circle pulling out, you know, full organs from a cow, liver, lungs, heart, the whole thing. Yeah, unexplainable for sure. I knew I knew it was uh, a com not a common occurrence, but uh, when I rode, I took the owner of the ranch out there. He looked at it, and he really wasn't surprised. He just, well, just go drag this off to the dead pit, and let's never speak of this again. So that made me think, whoa, this, this is probably a little more common than I'm thinking. Yeah. I can imagine just, like, walking – or in your case, riding a horse, just and I don't know, just like a gigantic dead animal. <laughs> right, right. Uh, Patrick, I have a question for you. You say that uh, originally the mo- the movie that you're uh, making start off as a fiction, which I'm assuming is from the tale that you told us earlier about Redgate. Can you explain the events that uh, um, that occurred? that turned that from a fiction movie to this true story? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so a lot of, a lot, I've, I, the script was kind of something I worked off and on on for several years. And, and part of it was like, maybe I'd do a film on the actual story of Redgate in, in corporate. And then I, I, I had this idea in my head where I was like, maybe a group of people go up there to this weird cabin area or whatever in the middle of nowhere. And it's like a Texas chainsaw massacre type situation. And there's this evil guy with an ax. It's a ghost or something uh, stalks him. So that was kind of like my, my original idea. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, kind of when I bumped into Don with his alien foot, I, I started the research area, got more and more details, started looking at more and more things. Um, a lot of events I started to research in the area just kind of turned it much more into uh, a documentary handheld footage to um, part narrative. Um, and one of those things was, uh, Don mentioned briefly earlier, um, about five or six years ago, right in the rugged area, there's these people that had this uh, cabin and his husband, the guy, and he was married and had three kids. One day, just completely out of the blue, out of nowhere, he comes mm-hmm. home and he takes a gun shoots his wife in the head, goes to the crib, shoots his 15-month-old daughter, goes outside, shoots his four-year-old son, shoots his five-year-old son, lays them all down on this bed. And then he lights his house on fire, lays down, shoots himself. And it was just like the shock and awe of that. It was just unexplainable. Like no Mm -hmm. one could explain it. Um, Because this is a pretty normal guy, right, Don? And this guy was not – he was your average dude pretty much. I mean – It sounds – Maybe a little too involved for me to say, but hell, a week earlier, he helped me put a bathroom sink in my house. So, oh, you, so seen... you know the guy. That's a. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I knew the whole. Yeah. There's a lot deeper story there, but seemed like you're an average guy. Like, that's why it was so shocking, even for me, because I knew him personally. Like, wow. It, it seems there's, there's also an unfortunate, there's a super high suicide rate for this area, and there's drug issues and all kinds of things. But there's uh, another story um, from a, a, almost a time, uh, shortly before this one happened, I want to say, is that uh, a guy, um, his wife owned a local g- gas station in town, and she went home from work one day late at night when she got done work, and his, he was just there at their house or whatever, and out of nowhere, he, he pulls out a knife and just stabs her like 76 times in the chest. And then the next morning, he walks into the police station covered in blood and goes up to him and just says, I just killed my wife mm-hmm. with no emotion at all. Got convicted, went to prison, showed absolutely no emotion whatsoever. And a lot of theories of that is these dark entities, almost some some kind of like paranormal possession or possession. Or, yeah, or a skinwalker, like we talked the other night, that they they fly through these different dimensions or, or whatnot and make people do these absolutely crazy things in this area that makes no sense whatsoever. 
So when creating a movie like this, what components of filmmaking would you say are most important? Um, so this, it, I mean, this is like a hybrid, I would say in a lot of ways, because I wanted to do it where it was, um, I wanted to do film noir or, or kind of an artistic piece. And then I kind of wanted to shift more towards um, voyeurism where it's like these people are out way up in the mountains. So uh, the bulk of the film takes place like way, way up in the mountains. These, these, these three lakes, they're hiking around and everything. And the, the scenery and everything and stuff is just gorgeous up there in the film, just absolutely beautiful. And, and my idea is to have them kind of trapped up there and set up uh, a situation where um, the actors and, and the crew and everybody are, are in complete separate camps and make it almost like a psychological uh, traumatic type experience and get it all on camera. And that was kind of where I started out with uh, when I was one of my ideas. And then another one of my ideas is, is have it, um, um, some of the shots in the film, um, uh, there was only a half field full of people that I've seen it, but um, they say, you know, some of the film shots and stuff are really good. And, and a lot of those, I really worked hard to storyboard off of previous films and stuff like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and shot selections and things like that to just make really cool kill scenes. So that is a little bit of a spoiler. I mean, people do actually die in this film, you know. Pat, don't say that. Yeah. You can't say that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, that, that sounds actually too, too real there after yeah. we just talked about it. Yeah. yeah. I think I phrased that wrong. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Die. You're supposed to think that they don't die, but they actually do. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the but, uh, switcheroo. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I wanted to make um, the, the kill scenes like really intense, um, really like hardcore and just brutal and um, kind of give it that element of um, you don't know what is going on like mm. ever, ever in the movie. And even the ending, what did, what did you say the other night? The ending was kind of like, um, uh, what did he say? It just Is that last night's podcast? Yeah, he just leaves you hanging like, you're like, what did I just watch? Exactly? Right, that's what I was, what did I just watch? That was his words. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so far it's got a lot of good reviews and it's headed to, um, where are you guys out of, by the way? <laughs> we, um, actually, I wanted to bring this up. So you said that you're, or you tweeted, I guess I should say, uh, cause I do follow you. You said something along the lines that Redgate is going to the Detroit movie festival or something oh, yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, we're like just about an hour outside of Detroit. Oh, no way. We are. We are. You you are? Oh, that's badass. Sweet. So, I am putting like a full page ad in the deep point free press and going hardcore on trying to get mm -hmm. to as many people that screening as possible. So yeah, this could be awesome. That is, that is our first public screening. So we're just psyched up for it. Oh, that's awesome. We'll definitely do our part to help you guys. And yeah. And what day does that take place? Uh, it's 20th? March 8th, 18th through the 20th, but uh, the screening for reggae, it's 20th. It's got a weird, yeah, a weird time slot, like 8 30 AM in the morning, but you know, we'll take any time slot. It's gonna be fun. Oh, sure. And do you know what day of the week that is just by chance? It's <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a Sunday. Okay, great, because okay. I have Sundays off. <laughs> good, good, good. Yeah, it'll be fun. It's going to be a ton of fun down there. So what would you say separates your movie from others in the genre? Um, The best thing I had, and we were on a show the other day with a guy that works, I had a lot of experience in Hollywood and TV production stuff, and and his his description was that, you know, it's like a hybrid. It's it's not quite like the Blair Witch found footage where the camera just moved around. And it's it's kind of a documentary um, where it goes like into some real things, real stories, real alien type UFO footage. Um, and it's it's also a little bit of a narrative. So it kind of is like a hybrid of all of those things where I think if like, say like if you watched it and you didn't talk to me before, or didn't really know much about it, you might think like the whole thing is real because it kind of, a guy the other day came off and thought it was all real. <laughs> <He> was <laughs> like, well, not quite. He's like, did you guys just set up cameras and this all took place? And I was like, well, not, not exactly. <laughs> but I'm glad that it has that feel to it. <laughs> right. Well, that's what you want, right? You did a good job of blending the, uh, the acted portion with the actual, you know, documentary part of the documentary yeah. portion. And, and yeah, so it, the best thing I can say is that it really hooks you in. So no one's going to sit there and like not want to finish the film. Cause it really does hook you into, you know, what, what happens. Cause you know, clearly that first title or whatever at the beginning um, uh, puts you there, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's, and I'd say nothing that uh, I've been watching a lot of UFO shows lately, which I've been getting a little bit paranoid. You can ask Don about <laughs> things. <you know>? Yeah. <laughs> Deep breath, buddy. Deep breath. Yeah. Watching you. 
Yeah. Oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, sort of. We had some. We've had some no. interesting phone calls and things. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, these UFO shows—they're always so bland and the same old. Some guy has a story, but no proof or anything. And another guy has a story, but you can't have any video or proof of it. Where it's like, this is totally different on a totally different level when it comes to talking about aliens and UFOs and things. Well, this makes it really, really interesting, really entertaining. And mm -hmm. it it um, deals with, again, 90% real stuff. But I did talk a little about what I just kind of came across is like, we have had, because of the nature of Don's photo, and we're using the photos kind of like the Trojan horse to really market it. Mm -hmm. um, he has gotten, got a call the other day, like last week from someone who's very high up that gets massive government contracts. And I, we can't really disclose who he is, but kind of, it was kind of a weird, weird phone call we got and said, basically watch out for, you know, black SUVs following you and stuff, right, Don? Hey, <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. I thought I was being pranked and then I realized I wasn't. So then it made it even more weirder, but uh, yeah, one way phone. I tried calling the phone number back just cause that's who I am. And you mm -hmm. cannot call that number. Uh, the guy said he's been a big fan. Oh, that's good. When the, yeah, the, the picture <laughs> yeah. dropped internationally. Yeah. Good thing. <laughs> it dropped internationally. What the first week of January. Is that right, mm -hmm. Pat? Uh, yeah. It was the first week I was on a plan January 4th. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's why yeah. I called you. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he said he's been a big fan ever since it dropped out of the mirror in the sun in Britain. Uh, keep plugging forward, you know, this, this, this. And, hey, you know, uh, well, there was two things he said that was really prominent. One, you know, aliens do not exist. Mm -hmm. I said, okay. And he goes, that's because the government says aliens don't exist. <laughs> so then I was like, oh, this is not a prank. This dude is for real. This government, then, this guy's in the know. Uh, this guy's definitely in the know. Um, and then he said, you know, the men in black, the black unmarked suburbans, uh, you just need to know that that is a thing. Uh, which I actually had an experience with one when my picture first dropped on History Channel. or Yeah, History Channel. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was the exact same concept, a blacked out suburban, full tint, no license plate. Um, so I've seen it firsthand. So then for this guy, this very prominent, prolific guy to say it to me, Ah, I've been on edge <laughs> yeah. a little bit lately. This, so. this whole this whole thing is again. That's why I like to say it started as a fictional thing. Now it's become a very very real thing to like all of us. It's very creepy because mm. the government still, although they released this UFO stuff uh, in uh, Jan, uh, June or whatever, they still like covertly kind of go after anything that might prove there's aliens or something. Like it's very strange. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very counterproductive on their part. Yep. But it's very good to hype up the movie, though. Very good. Oh, for sure. <laughs> oh, we gotta. Yeah, yeah. No, best thing that could have happened. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna fucking burn Detroit down. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that place could be. Sunday morning. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah. Or you go to church. You know. So besides Don's, obviously, in terms of like viral UFO slash alien sightings, which one would you say has the most damning evidence? Besides Don's? Yeah. Just overall in history or just in the film or what? I mean, anything, honestly. Uh, anything that sticks out to you? Um, it's, it's, hard. it's hard for me to say because there's, there's, there's a lot of uh, UFO-type footage out there. Um, and I don't like – for me personally, it's like I don't – I'm not saying people are lying about these things about Roswell where they went in and saw alien ships and – alien bodies and all these things but it's it's always hard because it always feels like somebody can like make up a story or whatever and tell a right. story and, and and then you get in these stories oh that that's really happened this guy can't be lying and then later on you go on and see that he lied about his college degrees he lied about working for the it just <laughs> just like okay maybe this guy is lying but um so i like decide on like the evidence and everything like you're talking about and then you have to filter through all the evidence of like i watched the one on the other day they kept on showing these uh ufos in switzerland it looked really cool I found out later on that the photos were fake. Um, <laughs> beyond Dawn's, I would say I, I kind of like the Phoenix Lights. You guys heard about the Phoenix Lights? Yeah, mm -hmm. I have not. No, uh, I have done, haven't done a lot of research. But that those ones are really weird. Like those yeah, weird. I agree. I'd agree with you, Pat. I think that's probably the next thing next to. Can anyone give me a quick rundown on it? 
I mean, from basically what I know, just in Phoenix, there was, if that's the one I'm thinking of, there was a stream of like lights in the sky. I don't remember exactly how many there were, but it was like six or seven in the sky, like in a straight line. Oh, okay. And it was like something like they were there for like several days or something like that. Yeah, um, they, had, they had been seen multiple times. And I mean, a lot of people. Th- then there was a ton of different mm-hmm. like videos and angles and stuff because it was like a, a very public. I mean, I don't want to say public, but a very well known thing that was happening. Oh, okay. And that's mm-hmm. uh, the interesting part of that is we had this conversation a lot is like they're always like, why do the aliens always show up in like super rural locations and stuff like that? You know, so people can't see them or whatever. But this was the biggest account of. UFO sighting in a big city like area. So it really made it interesting. Have you heard the story? Um, I can't remember exactly where it took place, but it was, I want to say back in the 70s or the 80s, um, somewhere in like maybe South Africa, where there was a UFO that apparently either landed or was very close to like a school of children. And then um, they asked them to do like a, an account of what happened and a bunch of kids drew on the uh, paper what they saw and like almost all of them were the exact same thing. And then I, I, maybe it was a documentary or something, but then they got brought, um, they got brought back together like years later as adults and they were asked again what happened and they gave the exact same answers. Trippy. I haven't heard that. about that. Yeah, I, I, I can't remember the name of what uh, of what it, it is or where it took place, but uh, I, I maybe I heard about it on like <laughs> Joe Rogan or something. Um, <laughs> but it was it just really piqued my interest because again, like you said, it was something that apparently happened around like a big, um, like populated place. Mm-hmm. Plus, kids are brutally honest at the same time. So, like, right. They're, if all of them ha- are writing on a piece of paper the same account, that's that's I, it's hard for it to be coincidence. Yeah, and I'm I'm not saying I've, like it happened or anything, mm-hmm. but I just wondered um, if you had heard of it or anything. I haven't heard of that, but that no. sounds like really freaking interesting. Um, yeah, I got to look at really that. I really wish I could tell you the name of it um, so you could research it, but it's definitely worth looking into because it as soon as I heard of it. it uh, I mean, I couldn't stop thinking about it for days. Yeah. Um, yeah, that sounds uh, that sounds really freaking weird. That's that's just yeah. And those accounts, and, and one of the other accounts, like if you guys want to check out, like if you're kind of bored or whatever, there's this kind of half shoddy documentary made about 15 years ago. It's called yep. the the Secret of Redgate. And it's on YouTube, and it's you know not the best quality or anything, but um, they go through just a lot of bizarre stories of aliens. It's all about aliens and sightings in this Deer Lodge area and stuff, and they talk about a lot of the UFO-type sightings. But one of the things they do is they do a past regression hypnosis with these adults, and these adults tell stories of when they were kids in 1950 where they met these aliens, and they went out to their spacecraft, and they're like great aliens, three and a half, four feet tall, and they were friends for several years. It's really interesting if you believe in, you know, past, you, do, you guys know past regression hypnosis, they go back in your memories and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's, that, it's, the whole movie is not great. Some of the stuff's kind of comical in it, but there's parts of like, <laughs> I'll be honest, the part of this film is kind of comical, but there's parts of it's like, and that's really kind of interesting. <laughs> It kind of reminds me of um, the fourth kind a little bit. And because I, I mean, as a kid, when I want, I guess not as a kid, when I was younger, I should say, when I saw that movie and I was a little more gullible, it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah. have, you guys, have you guys seen it? Gosh, oh, yeah. how, what, what year is that? I want to say between 08 and 12, maybe. I want to see, I want to say I saw it uh, not too long ago. I think uh, my brother's a big like horror alien fan type person, and uh, he brings the the fourth kind. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the one that starts out, and uh, it says it's in Alaska. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I used to live in Alaska. No, Alaska looks nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a shot of Sweden. We're just gonna call it No, Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> They just no, assume I, nobody's been to Alaska. <laughs> I know, pretty much. Pretty much. Because, <laughs> yeah, you know, what, like 
five people might be able to tell the difference between that's real or not. But um, I did watch that when I was in Montana, and uh, I thought that was really interesting. I thought it was actually beyond that opening shot in Gnome. I thought it was really cool. It was really interesting. I thought it was a good movie. Yeah, that's actually what I was thinking of earlier when we were talking about the disappearances of people, because when they were talking in the movie, a lot of people had disappeared with no, they'd never been found again. And so that was kind of what was running through my mind as we were talking about that earlier. There's And there's been, uh, some of them might be a little bit mythical. I've seen these on my Snapchat feed. Sometimes they have these weird stories. I'll, I'll watch these videos and there's been stories of people they'll be walking next to somebody and you know, the person will trip and just fall on the ground and when he hits the ground he just disappears. You guys heard of stuff like that? Mm. I have no, no, I don't think so. <laughs> just sounds, sounds like way too much tequila. Yeah, yeah, way too much tequila. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been there, done that. <laughs> yeah, or uh, the uh, the fire in the sky movie. That's that's um, that was interesting. You guys watched that? Mm, uh, I, I have not. It's got. <laughs> I, what, what's the guy's name? Uh, DB Sweeney, or not DB Sweeney, but uh, uh, uh it's it's about the it's about uh, oh, he's it's the, he was in the woods um working right, and then he got they saw like a, fl- a bright light in the woods, and so they went to investigate. Maybe this is the wrong thing, and then um he like ran towards it, and it like shot like a blast of light, and so their his friends ran away in the car, and they came back to come they went to go search for him and he was gone Tra- the- travis Walton, yeah travis, travis Walton. Exactly. okay yeah um, um i've never seen the it. movie but i am familiar with the story mm-hmm. I-, I would say this about the movie like uh the alien sequence that scared the fucking shit out of me as a kid i was mm-hmm. scared to death like the alien sequence in that movie is really creepy have you seen it don no, i have not i'm not oh you should you should it's 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 worth a watch it'll pull your interest in it's probably yeah. one of the best alien movies I've seen that's based on a true story. Um, they have the alien sequence there on when he's on their spaceship and stuff, and it is just weird. It, it makes you look like, yeah, that probably is what it's really like, but it is just, ugh, weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm spacing on the guy's name, but this is happening so often. He, um, he, he, he had the documentary on Netflix about him. Uh, he used to be, allegedly used to work at Area 51. Um, I can't, I know who you're talking about. I can't Bob Lazar, Bob Lazar. I was going to say, Bob Lazar, my buddy's been sending me a lot of stuff on him. He's a guy, I've listened to his stories, are wild. He, him and Travis Walton are the two that really, like, caught my interest and honestly, like, brought me into the whole UFO alien thing because, like, like you said earlier, you hear a story and you're like, it's just a story. That's, you, you know, it's not true. But then I heard these ones and I'm like, how can it not be? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, um, when he, he had the elements, the 51 element or whatever that element was, they said, uh, 115, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, uh, they said that it was impossible for that element to exist at all. And now we have actually found that element to exist, but it's still so crazy. It's like anti-gravity is, is what it eventually leads to, but it's so so crazy to harness. We just still don't know how to use it or anything. And then uh, I think in the documentary, um, they, it said that he brought a group of his friends up to a mountain around Area 51, and they recorded like a human test of a, a aircraft of a UFO, I should say. Um, I, I don't know. It was just the whole story when i heard it at the time because again i think it was on joe rogan that's right it was just it was like a three hour long podcast just listening to him and i mean the whole time i was just so interested and ever since then i've just i can't stop learning yeah the guy the only thing i'd say and this happens a lot of guys this is like the next debate i guess is that um the guy um it's another guy that he he claimed out like a lot of degrees and things that he didn't have and there's people have tried to find like records of them in the air force and things it's just the background of these guys is always interesting to me because like okay this guy sounds legit but then it's like why did he fake degrees and like some of the things he did like if you look at his background it's just, it's just weird and then you could sit there and say well is there a way that like if you were in the air force and you're doing a bunch of top secret stuff could the government just erase your existence from that program or whatever i mean i feel like theoretically they would have the capability to you know if right. that was you know uh and a conclusion they decided that was best fit but it does it make it harder for you know people like us who are not in it to 
to wrap our brains around on like who's telling the truth. Yeah, and he, he could could have also had like private contracts with the government, and that way mm. it's a lot different. But um, if you do listen to Bob Lazar talk and the way he presents himself and everything else, he looks like a super credible guy. Like, mm-hmm. like he's interesting. He's like one of the most interesting. And like I remember hearing he built a car with like a, a jet engine, and that's just one of those things. It's like the guy obviously is super talented and knows what he's doing in terms of like science and stuff. So engineering, yeah. he definitely could theoretically have the background for it. Yeah, and one of the things they say is that um, the reason the government like like wants to track down maybe Don or keep an eye on Don and his alien film and all those things is like the biggest fear out there is like when it comes to these aliens and alien technologies, like they feel like whoever gets their hands on this, whether it be the United States or China, they're going to run the world. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so it does make sense in, in that aspect of, of why the government has done a lot of things they've done, um, you know. To keep but, it on the hush-hush. <laughs> and to make yeah. sure that only they know about it you know right it's like oh, you said right. whoever hypothetically whoever has those uh you know if so if someone's able to come to earth from another planet that we can't we don't even know where that planet is that technology is wild right yeah. right yeah and that goes to the element 151 where that that's the thing they're trying to crack because that it's like this anti-gravity crack is how mm-hmm. they explain it. And that's how they can just shift so freaking fast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There was another uh, point I want to make. Yeah. Uh, with the technology and everything. Um, I don't know, just the things they can do and whatnot. Oh, there's a guy I had on uh, our podcast show. It's a prison city podcast. And he had a uh, fairly high clearance within the U S uh, military and he once he said in the middle of that podcast, like, you look, there's technology that the US government has where they could literally like crush a country in like seconds. It's like stuff you can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it just kind right. of blew my mind. That just blew my mind. He just said that out of nowhere. I was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just makes you think, what else are they hiding? You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. What else? And is uh is is Roswell just like a facade for deep weapon technology down there or something? Right. And, the, and the UFO thing's just a distraction, you know? It, mm-hmm. Yeah. It could, it could be much bigger either than we think. Either way, something's definitely being, like, hidden from us. Yeah. Something's I there. Mean, I mean, at that point, it's their fault for letting us speculate, you know? <laughs> Whether or not just, what, all this shit is real or not, it's like, if they wanted to do something about it, it's like, let us, you know, see what's inside, man. Let us know. How, so how, how far are we, Don, from the clear, the... um closest military base is at great falls yeah maelstrom i think it's maelstrom, maelstrom. maelstrom which also has a bunch of paranormal history to it oh, yeah, really? so yeah maelstrom has a lot of stuff so we're not far, the regular area is not far at all from maelstrom just kind of interesting as the crow flies and yep yep so don you said you had a whole bunch of other stories oh yeah let me give you to a, the area yeah i'll give you the one the, yeah the one that always uh the one always gets me is a really good friend of mine from school. Uh, I've known him my whole life. Uh, let's see. My picture dropped. I don't know if it was when Pat and I were on the news, the local news, or maybe it was History Channel too. But uh, I ran into him on the road. I, this ranch I worked for, I was leaving, and he lived on the same road, rural, rural road. And uh, he stops me and he says, hey, uh, I, got, I got a story to tell you about Redgate. I'm like, oh. Okay, sure. Because this is really in the beginning where I didn't realize, you know, how much attention I was going to gain from this one picture. Mm-hmm. He goes, well, I want to tell you about this one story. I, I know where the original Redgate homestead, homestead is. Um, and this happened back when I was in high school, like 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I said, all right. And, and I could just tell, you can tell by, you know, looking at somebody's face or their, their emotions or their reaction that he was serious, like, He's like, make sure you don't have your phone on you. Like, I just want to tell you this story because I, I don't tell anyone this. I'm like, okay. So apparently him and his friend went to this homestead and there's a big two-story barn on the property and there's no houses within miles of this place. Uh, he said they had a couple dogs with them and they walked up to the big barn and there was a big hayloft door that's wide open in the second story. And he said, all of a sudden, the dogs started going crazy and barking and their hair went up. 
and him and his buddy looked up into the hayloft and there was a figure standing in the opening. Well, he said it freaked him out so bad. He said he wanted to take off running. But the other friend who was with him said, hey, whoever that guy is, they can't be on this property. It's probably a guy all methed out. He's just trespassing. I'm going to go up there, confront this guy. Dogs kept going crazy. He said his buddy climbed the ladder all the way to the second story. And as soon as he looked in the upper loft, he said, there's nobody up here. And all the dogs stopped barking. What the and fuck? Yeah, like the trippiest story. That guy was in tears by the time he was done telling me the story. Like it was wild, you know. One of many, but that one really stood out to me because I, I know this guy really well. Mm-hmm. So um, that, that, that one's an interesting one. That freaked me the fuck out. See, like <laughs> yeah. seeing someone then like coming up there yeah. is like, no, man. I'm, I'm Nothing anything. here. And then the dogs are all good. Like, <laughs> Well, because humans can make up stories, but dogs cannot. Yeah, That's yeah. The animals here. always tell the truth. Uh, actually, in uh, hitting on that point, and Pat, I could be wrong. Maybe it was just a story I heard. No, I think it was in the movie The Secret of Redgate. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was two ladies that were snowmobiling with their partners and a bunch of a big snowmobile party over in Redgate in like the I don't know 50s or 60s and these two women were staying back at their camp and all of a sudden the dogs started going berserk and they looked up and something flew over them like 40 feet above them with a couple flashing lights and no sound at all and the dogs went absolutely crazy and then uh, they said they lost they didn't see it for like 20 seconds and then the dogs were fine again so like you said with the dogs thing that's a great point you know so yeah yeah um no it's 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 yeah it's really bizarre a really yep. bizarre thing like people have heard these beeping noises up up snowmobile and stuff and then they'll they'll chase after it and the beeping noise will go away just so much bizarre stuff um um the main stories they have with uh, the UFOs, the majority stories, because a lot of people, and that's the thing that a lot of people have encountered these in the Redgate area, is um, to just be driving in this big light, like a huge light, like a flying saucer light, would just show up out of nowhere in the sky, and it'll just, like, start chasing their vehicle, and they'll just be like, some will, will try to drive away with them, away from it, others will stop and get out and look at it, and then there's people that try to chase after it, and it's just, like, there's so many, so many stories of this over and over and over again. There's just some people recently, you know, Don can talk on this. They just moved out there recently from like uh, Pennsylvania or somewhere and and they're right in the regular and they're seeing stuff every day. Yeah, that actually, that actually happened. uh, My days are blurred. Um, We were in the podcast last night. Is that right? Yeah. So, so yesterday, uh, these two ladies that moved from Pennsylvania into the Redgate area, uh, they came in and uh, to a place I work at. And they said, hey, we got to talk to you. Uh, we told you about the lights we're seeing. Well, the other night, and they go into this deep story about these three red lights flying in a triangle. And they watched it uh, convulge into one light and then just shoot straight up in the air and disappear in a matter of seconds. Uh, and they were very freaked out, which obviously I would be too. But it's almost, and I don't want to say a common thing, but it happens pretty often for them to see these lights in this area. And then when she, the part that got me is when she described where it was at, because I know the mountain well enough. I've worked there. I've hunted there. I've lived here. The lights came right above from where my picture was taken within the same draw or valley. So very odd. That's crazy. Uh, now what you have, a, we have a story actually, Don has a pretty intriguing story of like what sounded like an alien abduction of some kind. That guy um, that was driving up in his, his rig or whatever, and it suddenly flipped around and was going down the mountain four hours later. Oh, yeah. He was driving up, and uh, he saw a light, and uh, he didn't think much of it. Drove further, and the light started getting closer to him. Mm-hmm. And then in his mind, and, and I think what we were talking about, like, uh, what did you say it was, Pat? Like regression? Um, uh, past hypnosis regression. Yeah, I think I think he'd be a great candidate for this because as he drove up, next thing he knows, the sun's coming up and he's driving down the mountain. And uh, he's kind of tapped into certain things he saw. And it's very confusing to him, but he's pretty sure that that night he was abducted. 
Mm-hmm. And that was another guy that approached me out of the blue, literally. Really? Like, is you he, got this picture. Let me talk about it. Like, does, he, does he live in town? Oh, he does. Yep. God, I, I'd love to talk to that guy at some point. That mm-hmm. would be interesting. But I could see, yeah, yeah do pass regression hypnosis on him and just see if he could pull anything out. It would be really interesting. Because same concept. I mean, he, he was in tears by the time he was done telling me the story. And, and he confides in me because I got this picture. So that links me to any high, strange paranormal that's happened in this valley. And there is a lot. You're like an encyclopedia of all the Red Gator aliens. Oh, sightings. I'm starting to get <laughs> even aliens in their own. I've been mm-hmm. on enough podcasts now. The alien I got is a reptilian. It's a skinwalker. It's a sun creature. It's an Arcturian. I've heard them all. I'm very versed on aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say with uh, all these different accounts, especially when it comes to UFOs, they don't seem to have the same escape plan or means of escape as you know you may think. So it sounds like maybe they're either uh, different uh, groups of the same quote-unquote planet or totally different planets. Yeah, I've heard a lot of different uh, theories. The, the latest one, uh, they had a quote-unquote alien expert come on, and he kind of debunked it. Um, he says, you know, this isn't really a reptilian because this, 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 it's an Arcturian from, uh, Orion's belt. And he kind of described that type of alien and why it's that way. And why I just Googled Arcturian cause I never even heard the term before. Mm-hmm. And wow, it's oddly similar to my picture. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. I got a, there's a book out there. I got a, I got a, a order on Amazon. It's called the Almanac for extraterrestrials. It's like a breakdown of all these different creatures and everything. I'd like to take a look at that and, and compare it to your photo and see if, you know, what you yeah. pull out of there. Yeah. So assuming aliens do exist, and in my personal opinion, I, I, I do believe they do, uh, how do you think they differ from humans? Hmm. Well, I, my theory, and I, I don't know if I fully agree with this, but this is kind of just a theory, and the ancient aliens kind of pitched this theory out there too, is that um, like, like aliens created human beings through almost like their own DNA, essentially, and, and is, you know, the real creators of, of the human race, but they're on such a different, like, um, higher intelligence level, and all these different things that we're almost like a pet farm or something that they're kind of just looking down on. And I thought that was kind of an interesting idea. So you're saying like the reason that they come and almost like visit is to just see what's going on and to see what their I guess projects up to. Yes, something like that. I, think, yeah. I think that's an interesting theory. Yeah, what do you think, Don? Yeah, I kind of buy into that. Um, you know, I, I always like the theory of you know aliens are just advanced humans. I like that uh, one coming back in time. My a good friend of mine, uh, Dr. Mike Masters, he was my professor. Um, he wrote a book called Identified Flying Objects. And it's based on that theory of, you know, evolved humans coming back in time to research us in our, our current situation. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting because they've talked about like time travel and stuff like that. And they're like, well, if we had time travel invented, why wouldn't we be able to like do it already? And maybe maybe that's that that is the you know, time travel, them coming back. I also like the, the multiverse theory, multiple dimensions where there's a, like mm-hmm. another dimension that maybe aliens are living among us. And Don's photo was them just crossing over the, the dimension to our reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fifth dimensional being, I get a lot from my picture. And we, and we didn't really hit on this part, but, you know, there's a six phase power line that flows through the continental divide right where this picture was taken. So, you know, they say if, if that, I mean, it's, that's a big power source. If it gets out of sync at all, uh, it kind of creates a portal or a black hole mm-hmm. of which these aliens are traveling through. Uh, the location of this camera would coincide with that. So that's another theory. Okay. Are you guys familiar at all with the James Webb telescope? A little bit. Um, so I, I, as far as I'm aware, I, it's the most powerful telescope of all time. They've been working on yep. it for decades and decades. Um, if anything, what are you hoping that it finds? 
Hmm. Pat, you go first. I mean, Your for me, case. as we we're talking about all these different things, I think it'd be great if it found, like, could confirm an actual UFO type, you know, somewhere in like a, a different galaxy or whatever. I mean, I think that would be really cool to find something that's just not like an asteroid or a comet mm -hmm. or, you know, something that can get such a good close up of that it can actually, you know, confirm for once that, hey, this is, you know, something alien here. I think, uh, I think probably deep down, it'd be really neat for, you know, you guys have seen the images of Earth in the dark mm -hmm. and you see the light spectrum. Um, I think it'd be really interesting to, to focus in on a planet, however many billion light years away and see it lit up with technology or advancement. Um, Cause that would put most everything to bed here with, with being aliens and, and traveling and, and space to know that there's mm -hmm. somebody else out there like us, mm -hmm. you know, like, like, uh, coming from the planet. Yep. Coming I from the planet. I understand. Yep. Yep. Are you guys aware of any, uh, I mean, I, I guess like government projects or anything going on behind the scenes that are piquing your interest in terms of aliens or UFOs? probably just the release of the, the footage last summer of this is a UFO. We actually have no idea that obviously is going to spark something within the government to say, what is it? So, you know, the government is definitely doing something with those, those videos, that footage and trying to be more prepared. So they don't have to, you know, it's, it's not that, you know, obviously it's the government, but, that's getting caught with your pants down. Like, well, we don't know what it is. Well, there's so many sheeple in this world. They're, they're directed by their government only. Mm -hmm. That's not a good look because people, oh, shit. Huh. It's like, well, well, if you don't know what it is, I don't know what it is. So I'm sure um, the government's working hard on that. Yeah, to me, um, beyond when they did the June stuff, they revealed that they actually came out not too long ago with another like uh, UFO-type investigation-type committee that they publicly announced um, and I think that was kind of interesting that they're now being more public about it, I guess, in a way. And I was watching a special yesterday. Um, Tom DeLong, uh, a Blink-182 singer, he's been chasing aliens for a while. And he, was helped, he helped get a lot of things passed where they now have some kind of like UFO type reporting system that you could set up to report directly to the government if you do have something like, hey, check this UFO out or whatever. So I think some of those things, it shows the government's being a lot more open about it you know and a lot more like hey you know people obviously know these things yes we might as well work with people to get these reported and and do proper investigations instead of just trying to hide everything like constantly yeah yep bingo i agree now katie i know you had a couple of questions for him yeah mine would go back to like the filmmaking stuff i'm sorry just to derail this <laughs> conversation may, katie may want to talk in the mic is that better? I'm yeah, trying not to yeah. be loud. I'm a naturally loud dog. <laughs> um, no, last night, the podcast last night was loud. You guys are good. Okay. <laughs> All, right. All right, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, so I've been watching like a lot of horror movies recently. I've been a big horror fan my whole life. Um, so I know that we were talking a little bit about Texas Chainsaw Massacre and like that mm. movie, but what are some other like inspirations that you've taken from films, horror or otherwise? I know you said something about film noir as well. Uh, yeah, so um, good question. Yeah, so before um, before we went up and shot uh, the, the first part of this and everything, I uh, broke down text chainsaw massacre. Like I broke down like every shot in the movie just to see everything they did, which is a lot of fun. And then I also broke down. And this is probably completely off the wall for people out there probably even heard of this film. There's this really film noir type artistic film that makes it very real. It's called it's, the movie's called Elephant, and what it is, is they have this um, almost like a voyeuristic look back at um, the Columbine shooting. And it's just the camera falls around these different people, but they don't interact with the camera or, or say the lines. And it, it had this very voyeuristic, like realistic feel to it. I watched this when I was uh, in film school back in Montana State years ago. So I watched that movie again. I just wanted to see how they shot things because like that was just really cool. There's a lot, a lot of super long shots that are incredible in that. It gives you that realistic uh, feel. So that was one of it. And then um, 
uh, marketing wise stuff as we're doing, you know, kind of with Don's um, uh, image and everything. So I, I wanted something um, to feel like real, like like the Blair Witch Projects. So the, uh, it was true. Of course, the Blair Witch Project was completely false. Um, so, and that's, that's the thing is like, you can't do Blair Witch today because people could easily verify, okay, that's not true. That's false and everything else. But now it's like, I do kind of like the Blair Witch, but instead of people go to verify whether it's true or not, they find these real true stories online. Like, like oh, wait, these guys aren't messing around. This mm -hmm. is actually true. So um, yeah. that's kind of my, my, my marketing aspect is, is make it look as true as possible. Because, well, I mean, in reality, it is true. <laughs> but, yeah. You got the stories to back up the, the film. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're living it. Mm -hmm. living it definitely and there's something said to the audience when they watch a film like that and then look online find the stories and then they feel feel that they're a part of it yeah oh for sure and it's incredible there's actually the more i do this there i keep finding more pe people that say hey this lady like knows about redgate stuff there's actually a lot of books out there that you can find more and more so of information about redgate that other people created and you could do your own kind of investigation online into it because there's tons of stuff on it. it's really interesting yeah if you if you google redgate montana you're going to see me like you wouldn't believe like that's, <laughs> it is so funny and i mean i've seen my article in arabic french spanish like this i love the whole global view of this image because it's intriguing you know so we're definitely trying to tap that that questioning side of people and then things like, well, this is a real picture. This is a real place. Here's a oh. film to back it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, I'd say if you Google uh, Don's ex-wife, you're going to see a lot of me all over. <laughs> <laughs> That's my kid's a stepdad. What can I say? <laughs> That's the secret here that no one. That's the secret of Red Gate. <laughs> secret. That's, that's the real secret of Red Gate. I just. Oh, she was doing the whole movie. <laughs> well, there we go. I'm making zero dollars on this. this is, and scene. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah, you. There's a lot of conspiracy <laughs> around Red Gate. We can swear on your podcast, right? Absolutely. <laughs> I Fuck so. you, Pat, you piece of <laughs> shit. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I mean, on my end, that's everything. Do you guys have anything left? So I'm still trying to get into all the alien abductions and all the theories and all that kind of stuff. But I like watching the movies about it. I'll be honest. Um, are there any that you would really strongly recommend? Ooh, I again, I, 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 Fire in the Sky is not like the most high rated like Independence Day type movie. But I, Fire in the Sky, it's just weird because it's it's. I mean, it's true based if you believe that guy's story, but it's very bizarre. You can do a lot of research into what happened there. So if you haven't seen Fire in the Sky, I, I and you want something like a truthful type alien movie that's real and stuff. Fire in the Sky was, is a really interesting film. Hey, I got a question. Absolutely. Are you three going to be at Detroit? I'm going to be in Detroit. I don't know about oh, these guys, but I'm making the commitment. Yo, can I have a ride? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can carpool. We can There's carpool. two. We got two out of three. How about you, buddy? I don't know. Because I'm oh, not going go to – I go to church on Sunday with my wife. So I don't know. Take your wife to Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> go to church it's, in Detroit. I, my church is in Detroit. Well, there you go. It's, just, there. it's at that time, though. Watch a live stream after. Yeah, oh, so, yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll have Nick live stream it. Yeah, <laughs> you can watch a church live stream. <laughs> that was actually, I was actually going to ask uh, outside of the film festival, is there any way for anyone to get access to the film? Or Not will there be a way for people to get access to the film later? There will be eventually. After the film festivals, it's going to be distributed on like a major platform and whatnot. So uh, we're just working, working the festival route and marketing and stuff. And yeah, I'm hoping, my personal, I've been telling people for a while, I want to get a deal done April, March, or April, May, somewhere in there. It'd be mm -hmm. really cool. Yep. And I, you know, that's kind of my goal is to have something in concrete. We also have, we, we didn't mention this in the last show, we actually also have, because that article that went viral, we have a TV show uh, deal lined up that's taking negotiations are kind of taking place for that right now so that's 
yeah like that's gonna happen too so there's a lot of stuff going on with this coming down the pipe so you guys yeah. got your hands full yeah oh, you have no idea <laughs> holy smokes <laughs> this is my 20th podcast like yeah <laughs> yeah so well, we're happy to be on the list as long we'll as hook, we're not at the bottom of the list. <laughs> no, we'll hook Pat up with your phone number. So when we get to Detroit, we can meet up with you guys. Okay, yeah, yeah absolutely. Awesome. I can uh, I'll send that to your email uh, as soon as we're done here. And then um I, we've made the commitment. We will absolutely be there. Yeah, awesome. for sure. For sure. Awesome. Awesome. We're gonna have some uh screwdrivers going at eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah, a couple six. shots. <laughs> six six maybe maybe six o'clock for the pregame. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pre six that night. We're gonna stay up all night and just <laughs> Yeah. You don't cool. gotta tell me twice. <laughs> yeah, tell me with a good time. It enhances the experience, they say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Well, Patrick, Don, I believe that's everything we have for you. So thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, guys. Uh, I it? personally very much appreciate it. Uh, this is something I've been looking forward to as soon as I, we set this up. So uh, cool. I had a great time. Thank you. Unlike, uh, unlike Nick and Katie, I'm not the hugest fan of horror, and I know not a lot about uh, UFOs, so this was very informational for me, and I had a great time as well. Thank you. Cool, man. Well, talk your wife out of going to church on March 20th. <laughs> <laughs> and, Wish me luck. We'll, <laughs> give me your number, bud. Let's, let's <laughs> I'll <laughs> shut her up. <laughs> I'll set her straight. <laughs> right, so uh, plug your information. Where can everyone find you? Yeah, where can they keep uh, updated on this movie and uh, TV show and everything else? Uh, I would just... Patrick W. Cutler on Instagram or Facebook. Um, I have a page on there. Um, but in Instagram, I post almost everything uh, that's that's going on, the festival updates, because we're in a lot of other festivals coming up too. So I post all my stuff on there. And then um, if you if you go on um, Instagram, Twitter, or anything, and you go the hashtag RedgateFilm, you can pull up everything I've done since the beginning of this whole process. And, and it's, it's all right there. And I, I keep anonymous because... I've been down this road too much, and <laughs> I, I don't play this game. So if you want to get a hold of me, you get through Pat. So <laughs> Well, sounds good. I'm going to get Pat's number as soon as we're done, yeah. and so I'll make sure we get a, a little game of telephone going. We'll yeah, see you in a sure. month. We'll for see sure. you in a month. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. Thank we you will, so much, We will guys. absolutely be there. Thank yeah. you very much. Perfect. Perfect. Awesome. Appreciate Thanks. it, guys. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Have a great night, guys. You guys take you care. Too. Thanks. See you. Have yeah. a good one. Penis. <laughs>